This is Neijing Now, prioritizing well-being. Neijing is the vitality that shields us from disease. Neijing Now, placing and taking responsibility for the health of the individual and the planet. From molecular biology to global ecology, from political socioeconomics to psychology and spirituality. Neijing Now, demystifying medicine, empowering host resistance. We can be found on the web at neijingnow.org. N-E-I-J-I-N-G-N-O-W.org. I'm Dr. Jayshree Chandar, and I welcome you to another opportunity for exploring Neijing Now. I'm very pleased to be in conversation with Shika Makan. She's a filmmaker based in Mumbai, and she's just recently put out her first documentary film called Bachelor Girls, about the challenges of finding housing in Mumbai as a single woman. You can see her work at her website, shikamakan.com, S-H-I-K-H-A-M-A-K-A-N. Shika, welcome to Neijing Now. Thanks, Gypsy. Very happy to talk to you as well. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, I saw your film, Bachelor Girls, at a film festival, the CAM Fest, Center for Asian American Media. Your film screened at the New Parkway Theater in Oakland, which is a beautiful theater. I love watching films there, like big couches and great food. And I really appreciated your film a lot. It really describes how challenging it is as a single woman in Mumbai finding a place to live. I faced some similar challenges here in Pune. It's been even doubly harder because I am just here short term and maybe triply harder because I look like a foreigner. I'd like to know from you how you came upon this subject and uh, what inspired you and what motivated you to make this film. At least nine, ten years back, I had moved from Delhi to Bombay. I had an impression of Bombay as being an extremely liberal city, uh, which is safe for women and it is much more open and inclusive. And when I landed here, I had a friend, two of us were looking for homes to rent and we were facing some kind of leaving problems, not finding homes easily. And the brokers were addressing us like bachelors, bachelors. So we just laughed it off by thinking, you know, that, okay, we don't know correct English. So right. like we are single. Women, but they're calling us bachelors, but that's all right. But it didn't, it didn't occur to me that, uh, to me that there is some kind of gender discrimination happening here, or we are being singled out because we are independent single women. Finally, we got an apartment. In no time, uh, you know, I started experiencing really strange kind of experiences. The security guards of the building would keep a check on us. I would almost feel like I'm under somebody's gaze 24 by 7. Whoever is coming to my house is being watched. The security guards ask all kind of questions. People in the society give you strange stares. You, you feel like you're living in a fishbowl, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and your boundaries, the bowl that covers you is so fragile that if you try to knock even to say, hello, what is it? Why are you looking at me? It will just explode in your face, which exactly what happened pretty much later with me. When you grow up in Delhi, you're pretty much used to being sexually molested or felt up on the streets and you're pretty much used to being stared at. Well, the world is pretty much same everywhere. So this yes. is 
ignore and move on. That one night I came back home very late by midnight because I work in media and I was working long hours in a studio. And I asked my male colleague to drop me to my apartment. I was living in a building which was a gated community. My wing is, was, uh, you know, a decent distance from the entry gate. Right. And I would never feel comfortable with the security men, you know, giving me looks. It's precisely because I was feeling unsafe with them looking me and checking me out that I asked him to walk me to my apartment. Uh-huh. And as soon as we entered, the security guard stopped me and, you know, he said, well, the chairman would like to speak to you. Uh, so at 3 a.m. tonight. 3 a.m.? That's right. The chairman has the time. Doesn't need to sleep, steps out and he starts speaking to me in a very, very derogatory tone. He called me a whore. He said this wow. friend of mine is my client and that he's wow. going to, then he's going to call the cops. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so he's, <laughs> wow. I was so young. I was so naive. I was, I was so scared and I started to plead and cry and I am sure he really enjoyed seeing me yeah. suffer. I tried to reason out. I said, look, you're being unreasonable. I've just come back from work. Please don't speak to me in this language. To the minute my tone was becoming a little assertive, he was yes. getting more aggressive. Finally, you know, I had to plead and say, please, sorry, and all of that. And he said, okay, I'll let you go, but I need to see your father. Otherwise, you leave this apartment in 24 hours. And I mean it. Wow. I was like, wow. So my father had to fly down from Delhi to rescue this situation. And the minute my father walked in, the tone of the chairman completely changed. Huh. Uh, he was like this gentleman and who was like, oh, these these girls are like my daughters, Mr. Huh. Markin. Uh, that's why you're calling him a whore. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I have to look at her safety. I have to look at the safety of this building. A lot of brackets have happened in the past, so on and so forth. Obviously, my father was very stern and he said, you know, you don't speak to my daughters in this language. And so he sort of settled it for us and uh, he left. Daddy to the rescue. Okay. Yeah, because I'm an infant and I need to be infantilized and I need parental control over me. So seeing a parent with me sort of made the society chairman at ease. So, but it didn't end there. Like even after, you know, this whole episode happened, the guards would continue their uh, scrutiny. And in fact, after a few months, people started writing some rubbish things about us in the elevator. Uh, like the girls that who live in this apartment, or this, 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 that, that, that. I tried to bring it up with the society, but I realized my words are falling on deaf ears. Hmm. What strikes me is that there's no neighborly feeling in this. Like here you are, you're part of this apartment complex. You're living as a neighbor amongst these people in this community. They're not welcoming you. They're not making you feel safe. They're not actually adding to your safety. They're actually threatening you. There's no neighborliness in it. They're making you feel like they're doing you a huge favor by letting you live with them. It's a really odd behavior. This problem is not unique to Bombay. It is nationwide. Because uh, once the promo of the film was out, my inbox was inundated with mails and messages from girls all over India. A series of horror stories coming from Bangalore, Chennai, from Delhi, from Pune from Calcutta and so and so forth. And my film has been in demand for awareness to initiate debates. And every time I've gone for a screening, I've got tons of feedback coming back from women who are single, not only like unmarried or divorced or widowed or single parent. It's a big problem. So are you saying that you're mostly getting stories coming in from the metropolitan cities and maybe the second tier cities in India? I would say so, yes. I think this is an urban phenomenon. Intolerance towards this new race of women. 
<laughs> race. That's funny terminology. <laughs> Every woman today dreams of standing on her two feet, being financially independent and being on her own. And that journey starts with getting yourself a job and finding a roof above your head. Yes. And there is a surge of these women. In last decade, migration of women for work, and I'm talking about upwardly mobile women. I'm not talking about the working class women because that's a different aspect altogether. Sure. The urban upwardly mobile English speaking women, even that number has increased. Men have always migrated for work for centuries. Right. Women leaving right. homes, migrating for work is a fairly new phenomenon for this world. Yes. The pace at which women have evolved in asserting their identities it is not the same pace at which society has evolved. Women are blossoming and growing and evolving and really expressing their desires and creativity in the world. Society isn't sort of keeping up with that evolution. And I also feel this whole impetus, like all these campaigns, Beti Bachao, Beti Padao, educate your daughter, you know, let her work. Now it just makes me feel like you're feeling very warm in your chest that you're doing something great for women without actually understanding what is the true meaning of emancipation. Because when she comes out on her own and asserts, you just want to deny her, uh, you know, her independence. For me, denying someone a space, a roof above one's head is denying emancipation. Well, and I also think that there's a way in which men are not being asked to evolve alongside the evolution of women. There's a disconnect in the evolutionary process some kind of irony also that this phenomenon of presenting obstacles to fair and equal housing opportunities to women is an urban phenomenon, whereas you would think that the urban centers would be more progressive and more open-minded and more cosmopolitan in their outlook. There's a strange paradox there. Why is that happening? The two very interesting points that you brought up, Gypsy. One is, yes, that there is something stunted in the evolutionary process, uh, the way men are being brought up and the way men have evolved in society. But the point is right. that there is not much done to capacitate the young boys in this country. Coming to your other point, where you say that uh, this is more of a urban, big city scenario. You know, yeah, there's a strange paradox. They have an influx of single women. They have working women on their own. That should be something that they're actually quite used to. And yet there's this intense discrimination. It's kind of remarkable. Like, it's mind-boggling to me. <laughs> Especially like in a place like Pune. Pune has like how many universities here? So many people from all over the world are coming here to study at the universities. They're studying. They're students. They're not married people or there's people coming in for jobs. And yet, when I've been looking for a place to live, the one landlord who would not give me the place unless... My husband shows up and signs the lease with me in person. Or the one place I lived in last year, he said, if your husband does not show up here in the next two, three months, you will be asked to vacate within 24 hours. This kind of threatening and just absolutely makes no sense. I don't, I don't understand the rationale, actually. Urban cities are actually, they carry maximum cases of intolerance of all kind. Uh, whether we talk about any kind of communal violence. The rise of materialism, which has actually made people more clannish and which has actually made people stick to the, you know, mini kingdoms. In this case of housing, we are talking about women. But if you open the canvas, you would actually see that housing discrimination is so common against people of certain religion, for instance, Muslims. I mean, in Bombay, you have a whole street. The whole of Marine Drive is vegetarian. There is not even a single non-vegetarian. 
background on the entire marine right so you know it just becomes a ghetto of a certain community that abides by a certain lifestyle in bangalore you know there are areas which are dominated by brahmin community and they would not allow a meat eating person whatsoever wow. you know and if it is a woman along with it well it's like a total corrupt kind of a character so a meat eating yeah. single woman oh yeah. my god <laughs> of any moralities in life so wow it's very interesting to see that how material growth is factionalizing the society even more to small 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 pockets and people are huddling together because they belong to the same clans do you think it's actually the material wealth of the urban centers or do you think it's actually the fact that the population is such that people can be choosy whereas if you lived in another place you would just associate with whoever is there because that's who's there or something has gone amiss somewhere in terms of coexisting with each other we haven't got civilized in that sense to be liberal and tolerant of the other which is why it springs up against various categories right whether it's gender whether it's religion whether it's community even my film though it talks very particularly about stories and travails of single women at large it is also making a statement on our society and how intolerant we are and how we actually treat each other So the minute you're in a position of power, what is the play of power happening in these little little feet? And these are really large and complex debates. For me, it's just ironic because you know it's the same people touting the quote-unquote Indian culture. But what is this Indian culture? I thought it was all about being inclusive and being tolerant and living together as brothers and sisters and being neighborly, being friendly, sharing, looking out for each other. That's being Indian. <laughs> That's being human, actually. Uh, so what what solutions have you found you've created a lot of discussion you've brought the issue out into the open people are pouring in with their stories how do we address this problem and make it safe for women to be independent and have their full freedom of self expression in the world one of my primary motives for doing this film was to bring the topic out even in the process of making the film I met so many people especially people you know society chairmen and secretaries who are in absolute denial not only that even people who are holding government positions like registrars and all of that there was so much of denial about even factoring the fact that this is a real problem and it is a huge problem it's not sporadic random incidents that happened here and there it's a whole pattern and not only that it's legal the constitution of india very clearly states that anybody belonging to any caste creed color religion sex can live anywhere in this country uh, a couple of years ago i had uh, researched whether there was a law against housing discrimination in india what i found was that the courts had basically upheld the right to discriminate a housing society and apartment complex has the right to discriminate on who is allowed to live in their society because it's a private entity it's not a public entity so they have the the right to decide who lives in their society right they've set a precedent and as you see as your documentary film bachelor girls very aptly points out that is exactly what's happening india is a very strange country even the maharashtra housing society act very clearly mentions there can be no rule or there can be no obstruction in renting or selling out homes to people belonging to any community in india what about marital status i mean is is this constitution protect you based on marital status because here's that's the problem is that if you're a single woman even single men have difficulty yes. finding a housing yes. but it's really harder for a single woman because single men don't carry the baggage of patriarchy 
Right. I mean, they don't get labeled whores if they bring somebody home. Absolutely. It is just moral policing and nothing else. And it's very interesting that the system upholds it. Housing societies are passing written notices which are saying we will not allow single women. Very well think that this is illegal. This moral policing is so interesting because it's like they think that if you're out on the streets, you're going to be in a safer place. Somebody in your movie said that too. And the irony of it all is that here, even when you're inside your house, you're as unsafe as you could have been outside. And that's true too. It's never like a happy place for you until you get the tag of being married to somebody. Right. Like you said that, you know, your neighbors and people around you, I mean, if they look at you as a single person on their own, they will just come up. There is no forthcoming warmth or any kind of, you know, idea to initiate a friendship or a relationship with a person who's pretty much single, independent, self-sufficient women. Coming back to your point of solutions, there was such a denial on this issue and the prevalence of it. My first intention was to create a dialogue about it. And, you know, I'm very happy that it did spur a lot of interest and debates. It is really going to be a matter of policy making. It has to work on multiple levels, grassroots levels of person to person interaction. We also have to look at policies. We have to look at law. We have to look at jurisdiction. Solutions to these kind of grave problems are not going to be easy. Because here we are talking about a plethora of problems of being a woman in this country, which is not just, I don't like you because you live on your own. It is your sexuality. It is the fact that you have a mind of your own. It is that you're treating into the masculine path. You know, you're threatening so many norms. You know, you're challenging norms. You are such a threatening creature. I think at the end of it, it really goes back to the value systems that are taught to us at a very, very early age in our lives. I think that's yeah. where it all begins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the funniest one which I ever heard in one of the q after film screening is that we don't give homes to single girls because, you know, they shed too many hair and then our sewage pipes clog. <laughs> and I'm like, really, like men don't lose hair and wow. <laughs> and mar- married women don't lose hair either. I don't know if you've noticed it. I'm really pleased that your film has done so well. When the film comes out online, which I'm hoping and expecting it will generate much more traction. And I really hope that people who sit on those thrones in their mini fiefdoms and execute these kind of power plays will get their consciousness would somehow be evoked or at least the children would have dialogues about it. Yeah, I think dialogue is an achievement in and of itself, definitely. I congratulate you on the success of your film, Bachelor Girls. Shika, if somebody wants to watch your film or connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Facebook. Okay. Uh, There's a Bachelor Girls page. I'm personally on Facebook as well by my name, Shika Martin. I'm very good at responding very fast. Okay, so the best way to reach you is through Facebook. You have a Facebook page for your film, Bachelor Girls. Or they can come to your personal page, Shikmakan, S-H-I-K-H-A-M-A-K-A-N. And if they want to watch your film. So I regularly put screening updates on the film page. Excellent. Well, I really enjoyed your film. Of course, I also had personal experience with the same issues. So I was really interested in the subject. You presented the stories very craftfully and it was an engaging film and I really appreciated that you made it. Really happy to have this opportunity to talk with you. So thank you for your time and your efforts. Thank you for giving me the space to speak more. (laughs) That was Shika Makan, filmmaker from Mumbai, India. 
I'm Dr. Jayshree Chandler, creator of Naging Now, a podcast about prioritizing well-being, on the web at nagingnow.org. Naging Now is independent and entirely listener-supported. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give it a thumbs up, share it with your friends, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and donate generously. Your support is essential to keep Naging Now alive. Naging Now is written, recorded, edited, produced, and distributed by Dr. Jayshree Chandler, web by Takahiro Naguchi, Tabla and Manjira played by Jaisi, compositions from Pandit Swapan Chaudhary, bass guitar by Pedro Ordonez, drum set by Jesse Garcia, multi-instrumentalist Dave Rosenfeld, concluding poem by Jaisi. You can find us on the web at nagingnow.org, N-E-I-J-I-N-G-N-O-W dot O-R-G.